Hello, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful <laughs> listeners. We're back, and for once in our goddamn lives, we don't have any technical difficulties to start off with. It was beautiful, actually. We came in, and like everything was really nice. Anyway, we are, scientifically speaking, Cornell University's educational science talk show, but we try to be funny occasionally, right? Occasionally. Yeah, that was the original goal. We actually had, like, comedy in the original description of our show. Yeah. And we've since been like, you know, I think science is more important. We still just, like, are funny, because we're all yeah, funny. Because, like, oh, everyone's yeah. funny. Right, yeah. yeah. No, because okay, we're, I'll, I'll we're hilarious. I'll yeah. buy that. Well, I'm Shane. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> you're supposed to say that, like, you're Zach. I'm and Zach. He says he's and dead. I'm Shane. No, damn it, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. Well, shit. Well, Dave had this thing, and he wanted us to do it, and we didn't. It just, everybody just, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we talking about today, boys? We are going to talk about vaccine genies, vaccinis, 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 those shots that nobody likes to get, but you should probably get way more than we currently do. Probably. Yeah, probably. And everyone who skips their flu vaccine, Colleen, um, <laughs> you should probably, probably get, on, get on that when the flu season he comes He said around. Colleen in case his coughing wasn't clear enough. <laughs> Colleen, get your fucking flu shot. <laughs> I got mine by accident, sort of. How, no. how do you okay. get a vaccine <laughs> by accident? <laughs> I was walking home, and I passed by the health center, and they were like, yo, free vaccine, And you tripped bro. onto a syringe? And then I just, like, walked in. <laughs> Sounds unsafe. No, it was actually super efficient. They were like, all right, sit down. Okay, now you can come over here. Boom, stabbed you with the thing, and you're going by. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Damn. because it's like the easiest procedure in yeah, the world. Yeah, it took like a minute collectively for me to get in and out. <laughs> That's what she Okay, five minutes. Hey, okay. now. <laughs> um, anyway. So, before we get into talking about how vaccines actually yeah, work, yeah, we should yeah. probably explain how the immune system as a whole works, because that shit cray, to That's quote, rather ambitious. Really, um, <laughs> just literature of the modern age yeah is that, that shit that's cray. what you're going with for mm, that, yep, shit cray? that shit cray um so the immune system is one of the weirdest goddamn thing that we have it's just a bizarre function in our bodies and i'm not really a hundred percent sure it's really weird i spent a long time <laughs> learning about this today and it's so complicated but i'll try to give a brief summary that sort of explains why and how vaccines actually are good for you and how they work right yeah. so sure. the immune system Woo! i'm sure everyone has heard of white blood cells they're those cells in your blood that are white dude so mind blown really science dude really oh my god also their alternative name is leukocytes oh that's cool that's, that's a, cool that's you know we sort of talked else. about those in the last episode did we yeah they get inflamed and kind of pop off your lungs when you smoke too much marijuana oh yeah no you're right oh that's true <laughs> well <laughs> so you have these leukocytes white blood cells and what they they're produced in your bone marrow and from there they go on and they mature in different parts of your body so for example you have the different names of the cells are named for where they mature. So B cells mature in bones, and oh, T cells no mature in your thymus. Oh my god! Wow, that's, that's actually I was, the only reason those things are named the things. That as they the are named. expert of the day, I was probably supposed to know that, but that's <laughs> fucking awesome. I had so are no T idea. cells like those killer T cells that you hear about. Da, uh, killer da, da, T cells. And so that's just a subset of white blood. Really cells. subset of white blood cells. Mm -hmm. So just picturing Mr. T like running around in my veins. <laughs> I put it so. Except, except these are white blood cells, Shane. <laughs> 
Anyway, so <laughs> you have these things, and what their what their job is? Their job is to go around, and they're supposed to find those little scumbag germs in your body and just eat them, eat the fuck out of them. They just eat them up, like they're delicious. <laughs> so the way they do this, how do they know? Right? That's a good question. Is there like a guest list for your body? <laughs> Actually, yeah, kinda. Actually, it, the way our immune system works isn't dissimilar to an invite list at a gala. <laughs> or like, is it a gala? How do you pronounce that word? Uh, I think it's either. Gala! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> goes to a lot of these. He always calls them galas. But I think Jen calls them galas, so I don't really... It's up in the a air. question for the time. <laughs> Let's just call it a galay. Googly um, So, you have these... Basically, you go into a party, right? And sometimes you get a name tag. You get a little name tag, you stick it on your chest, and it says, hello, my name is Tits McGee or something. I, I don't know. You could and then you sweat it off. Yeah, I know all okay, about that. Okay, that doesn't happen to any of the rest of us. <laughs> no, that happened to me like six or seven times. Why are you just, two so goddamn Just sweaty? during the one day I was at the career fair. Yeah. I don't understand how you two get so sweaty. Just kind of Anyway, happens. so we have these things in our body called antigens. And what these things are is they're basically sort of these name tags that you get or you have these cells have on you know, them. This is working out as an analogy much better than I had initially anticipated. Yeah, thank you. I didn't just go into this. Bl I didn't just make this up. And then I totally didn't make this up as I was going along <laughs> right now. <laughs> so you have these antigens. And what these are is basically an antigen is defined as any substance that causes an immune system to produce antibodies. So... That seems like, okay, that's just totally arbitrary definition. So an antigen, basically what it is, is it's some surface protein found on the surface of pathogens or really any microbe in your body, and it's unique to that microbe. So a flu germ, flu virus, is going to have different antigens on it than the herpes virus will. So it looks different. Your body's like... I know you are not that. Yeah. It's like, hello, my name is herpes, or hello, my name is the flu. And it's all very specific. It's like every yeah, single one like, of those yeah. looks at, well, unless it's a different strain of the flu, I guess. It's weird. Okay. But for the most part, yes, it's unique to that specific pathogen. And actually, even then, it's still unique to that specific strain of virus. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what an antibody is, is an antibody is what's produced by your lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are specific kinds of white blood cells, specific types of white blood cells and their job is to recognize an antigen they're supposed to read the name tag and go okay who should i call to deal with this so what they do is they produce antibodies and what antibodies are are these little y-shaped proteins they're always y-shaped always it's super weird like they are just straight up y's and so they bind to the antigen very specifically. And what it means specifically in this case is when you're talking about um, biochemistry, specificity has to do with things will only bind in certain ways to certain other molecules. So these antibodies bind to these antigens very specifically. They will only bind to certain ones and they won't bind to any others. So that's how you get this really specified immune response to whatever micro monster is in your body. And so the, the binding is a function of geometry and chemistry, probably, right? It has mm -hmm. to fit mechanically, like the things have to stick out in the right spots, but also there have to be the right chemical bonds. Exactly. Available to, yeah. Okay. Just like any sort of uh, biochemical they all interaction, is, they're all, they all work like that. So when these lymphocytes find some weird thing and recognize it, they go, oh, I know, this is, hello, my name is herpes. Okay, so this is herpes. I got to deal with this guy. 
So what they do is they can either tag the antigen with an antibody. So the antibodies either tag the antigen to be destroyed. So what they can do is they can bind to it. It makes a little flag. It goes, hey, this guy's herpes. Kick him the fuck out of this party. <laughs> kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. This guy is herpes. So, <laughs> so then you, you know, you have this like tag and then what you get is these macrophages. They're just big old stomachs that just wander around and they go, bloop, I'm going to eat you. And then they just eat it and it's destroyed and it's amazing. Or these antibodies can bind to the antigen and they can stop it directly by stopping the antigen from working at all. They bind to it and they block its function. So this pathogen, whether a germ or a virus or whatever, can't do what it needs to do because its open connecting ports are filled. It's like when Zach's USB port to his computer was filled with almond. Dude, it was my VGA port, you idiot. I'm sorry. VGA port to his computer was filled with almond. So I have a slot for my laptop in my backpack, right? And one time I unknowingly dropped a few almonds into the bottom. So every time I put my computer into the slot, it smashed the almonds and they got pressed into the various ports on that side. And at some point I was like, I pull it out and be like, what is this paste? Whatever. It just this like powdery stuff, just wipes it off. Then like five times that happened, I was like, hold on. Dug out the almonds, but by then my VGA port was just stuffed to the rafters with <laughs> almonds. It's just, <laughs> it's just there's there's one little piece in one of the little holes that I can't get out. And I think that's all that's stopping it. Really? Yeah. Or you not? Just need Maybe like a just really sharp thing, probably. Very like a smaller than a needle, like, like a quarter wit. the diameter of a needle will help me get that out. Well, fuck, I don't have one of those. So, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh yeah, immune system. So, we have this thing. We deal with the disease and we kick it out of our party. What happens if this fucking wedding crasher herpes tries to get in again? Well, this time, since your body has already produced the antibodies necessary to deal with said disease, it goes, oh, I remember you. I know exactly what to do. And so instead of having to figure out and produce the antibodies, there are these things called memory B cells. And these are B cells that are specifically programmed to remember what antibodies to make for which antigen so you don't get sick again because you make an antibody for an antigen you kill the disease disease comes back and your body's like oh i already know how to deal with this like i've already got the i've already got the, the uh, memory cells are like the bouncer yeah to the party like i remember you from last time yeah, fuck causing off causing trouble again <laughs> dude that's nuts so <laughs> you just they just have you're immune how does the immune system produce the original antibody in the first place? How does it know what shape to make it? It's really strange. And so, okay, so I was trying to figure this out, but I am very bad at uh, biochemistry. So it's really weird, and I'm not 100% sure. It's definitely strange, and I, I mean, can't answer that question okay. in any sort of satisfying way. <laughs> it, I feel like it would be very complicated um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's like... It like reads the surface in some manner. I feel like it's almost more likely that like it just tries a bunch and and keeps trying a it bunch. It keeps the ones that and, work. And then keeps the ones that work. Because it takes a while, right? Like you can get the flu and you have the flu for like, you know, 8 to 14 days. And that's a shithole. But then like the next time, it's like, nah, I got you, bruh. Because I already did this. You know? 
Okay. Everyone's doing research, so no one's responding to me. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, sorry, I'm, I'm reading a thing. On-site research. Oh, man, we're into so the, fancy. <laughs> into the mind, scientifically speaking. <laughs> this is what we do. There's but anyway, a lot of, just like a lot of silently I don't sitting know. on a it's, couch. It's complicated. It's a complicated biochemical process. But why that's important is how you become immune to things. That's why you get chicken pox once and you can't get it again. It goes away forever. You get it and you're just like, wow, this sucks. And then it's like, oh, okay, bye. Peace. And then you know never to let chicken pox in you again. Or you could be like Colleen and get shingles when you're like eight. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the difference between acquired immunity versus passive immunity. What we've been talking about so far is acquired immunity, where you have your immune system respond to specific antigens, get exposed to them, immune system responds, makes antibodies, defeats the germ, that's it. And you have this acquired, you have this new antibody in you that's ready for the next time it shows up. Passive immunity is when you get antibodies that are specifically geared to defeat a specific pathogen from somebody else. So infants get antibodies from the mother. And these antibodies will actually disappear from the infant's body after about 6 to 12 months. And then the infant has to just make them themselves. That seems but, strange. I was reading something really freaking cool about that. Um, about how, like, when mothers are, like, basically, like, kissing their infant's foreheads or, like, any other part of their face, they're actually, like, getting germs off of the skin of their child. And then their body produces antibodies for those specific germs that their child is experiencing in their environment. And then their child can get those antibodies through the mother's breast milk. So oh, the, she is yeah. man. So the mother is like actively producing the correct antibodies to protect the child from whatever germs. It's That's even better. That's so like cool, the specific right? germs that are on the baby already. Yeah. Because we like, all know babies are fucking gross. <laughs> So I found this thing. It says, even in the absence of antigen stimulation, a human body can probably make more than 10 to the 12th different antibody molecules. Holy shit. And also, um, the antibodies are like well-designed such that they can actually react with a number of antigens to right. a certain degree. That's what I was figuring. And so they just have this huge defense force of That's just like, crazy. maybe this will stop some stuff. Yeah, And the right. ones that work, they just make they more They just of. remember. Okay. And Sweet. we talked about these B cells, these memory B cells that, you know, remember, they clone themselves and produce these huge numbers of antibodies and remember which ones work for which disease. They last for a long time in the body. Too. So it's not like you have to continually make them. You get it, and then your memory B cells are like, okay, now we know what to do. Forever. Forever. Until you die. Not Until always you know. forever, though, right? Not always forever. Yeah. Oh, man. Certain diseases are weird. But for the most part, that's how immunity works. Yay. So. Happy days. Now that we've covered, now that you have a general idea of antibodies, antigens, that sort of stuff, let's talk about vaccines specifically. How they work. Why they work. Do they work? Ooh, good question. Apparently is a question, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I guess first I'll talk about some different kinds of vaccines. Dude, this is so weird. The fact that we invented this shit is yeah. insane. Well, let's just really quick before we go into that, let's just yeah, talk yeah. about like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. basically the, the thing with the thing with vaccines here is like, so like if you have, um, if you have a bacterial infection, right? We, we figured out at some point like, oh, hey, like penicillin, like we can give people penicillin and it kills the bacteria inside them. And then their bacterial infection goes away, which is. Woohoo, magic! And then we figured out lots of other um, antibacterial, antibiotic um, drugs that we can give people that will like 
you know, destroy bacteria inside of them and get rid of bacterial infections. We have this big problem with other kinds of infections like um, viral infections, which is most of what vaccines cover. And then also um, uh, like toxins, um, like tetanus and what diphtheria. diphtheria. Um, and so, and, and the problem with that was that like viruses are like the weirdest creature-like things in the world. I don't creature-like. Um, are they alive? <laughs> no, it's like yeah, this it's... weird open question of determining. Anyway, they're like bizarre. And so basically we couldn't figure out how to like kill them. And at some point somebody discovered that the best solution was to just trick the body into doing all of the work for us. It was a weird <laughs> thing because like that you, in theory, your body would already be doing that. It's like we're like training. You're training your immune system to be better at our taking down because that was the only way we could figure out dealing with it. We couldn't figure out any way to like just give you a drug that would just like kill all the virus because viruses are fucking bizarre. They're really weird. The way they make you sick is so fucking weird. Basically, they get into like a cell and they like stick their little uh, little, little self the virus sticks the virus sticks in there and then just uh, explode into the cell oh yeah. and throw their genetic material into the cell it's so weird and it's like just someone walking up to you and like throwing up in your mouth except it's their all of their dna yeah. <laughs> so and then what so and then what, you become them what is that what yeah. happens well, no, so, yeah, you so, partly become them you become a factory for them oh <laughs> right. even worse yeah. so so this start, is that's their reproductive material so you right start, so when you start crawling is, out of your mouth oh jesus <laughs> christ but yeah so what actually happens is like this virus like attaches to your cell like dave was saying like injects all of its material and then and then like that cell just becomes this mutated awful virus factory it's just like working for the enemy now and it and it just like makes, makes more of the virus cells for the virus and the virus goes around and they find more cells to turn into factories and that's literally all they do that's their entire function as a group of not necessarily organisms that like all, that's they, a biochemical they, thing. They exist purely to create, which like, huh? Wow, I was about to say Wait, they yeah. exist purely to create more of themselves. So just fucking everything. Yeah, yeah seriously. So, um, life in general, yeah, became yeah. way less weird as I. So started. you're saying they're alive, maybe? Yeah. So, but so the deal. Like, <laughs> There's what's, several. What's particularly things you need weird to be about them is that they only they the only mechanism they have is one to tell something else to make more of them. That is like the only mechanism effectively that they have. That's super, super That's strange. Yeah. So these vaccines, what they are is they have some piece of the disease in them and it gets put in your body and your body's like, oh, hey, I see you. And then it kills it. And then you're like, all right, now I know how to deal with this. So the point of a vaccine is to basically provide immunity to a certain disease without giving you the actual symptoms of the disease, right? Because just... Oh, well, we want to cure you of herpes, so we're just going to give you herpes. Although, I mean, eh. although chicken pox parties are a thing that and have some validity. So weird. Um, because if you get chicken pox when you're really, really little, it's kind of like, eh, what else? You know, like, you're True, like yeah. if you're like a two-year-old and you get chicken pox, usually, firstly, your symptoms aren't that bad. And secondly, like, you just don't remember it, so it really doesn't matter. Also, just get um, vaccinated. But, well, yeah, well, so, I mean, clearly now the solution is to get vaccinated because <laughs> we have a fucking vaccine. But... <laughs> Um, but, but, but that is a thing that, that like parents very frequently used to do. And now, and definitely still do is just like, if one kid in the neighborhood gets chicken pox, everyone's like, ah, oh, great. And they, Quick, they, let me rub my baby they, on your baby. <laughs> <laughs> you get all the babies and have a play date so that they can all get chicken pox as well. 
Um, because then you won't get chicken pox when you're like 15 and it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> My dad got chicken pox at his wedding. What? From his flower girl. Oh my God. No. <laughs> That's so awful. Yep. That's That honeymoon probably was less than pleasant. <laughs> so Wait. let's talk about the different types of vaccines because yeah. not all vaccines are created equal. So there's five main types that we use regularly the first one are live attenuated vaccines these are the ones that people have mainly heard of it's when you have a weakened a living virus but just it's weakened so your body can deal with it without you getting symptoms of the disease so because this has some it's weakened but not dead potentially some side effects pop up like very mild symptoms of the disease you're getting immune to but Still better than probably the actual disease. <laughs> so how do they weaken it? Do they like, break its legs before they put it in? <laughs> <laughs> they chemically blind it. <laughs> uh, they use they can use chemicals, radiation, heat to somehow weaken it without killing it. Uh, they the same. Oh, because I guess with, the important thing is the structure, not exactly. Its, okay, all you need is the antigen. So now that sort of forms the basis for uh, vaccines. We'll talk about in a bit, but. So everyone's heard of MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, and the chickenpox, the varicella uh, vaccines. Those are like the big ones. Those are like probably one of the, the two most common vaccines. And those are the living kind. The problem with these kind of vaccines is that because they are alive and can potentially cause symptoms, you don't want to give these vaccines to someone with a weak immune system so someone going undergoing chemotherapy or someone who has hiv you probably don't want to get the mmr vaccine because your immune system's weak so even a weakened version of the virus could potentially just right give you it's not weak enough yeah exactly yeah. so but these things are strong enough they're probably the strongest vaccines that we have and they can produce a lifelong immunization immunity with only one or two doses right and it's because it's the closest one of to all just of the, actually getting the, disease. Getting the yeah. disease right and also something to note is that um like I, i've i've actually heard with like people get like the flu vaccine and they're like yeah like and then you know some of the times you get flu-like symptoms even though you've just got and like from the flu vaccine and uh i was talking to my dad who's a health administrator and my stepmom who's a nurse and they were like, yeah, I th I'm going to go with it's more likely that those, because it's like a very small number of people, like a very, very small number of people that experienced that. They're like, yeah, it's probably more likely that that person had the flu and, and then we also, gave yeah. them the vaccine before their body would have started responding it, it to does, the flu. It, takes, it can and, take several weeks right, to form and, the proper antibodies. Exactly. So and then if you already had the disease just, and your body just was slightly better at fighting off the flu than like because you had gotten the vaccine and so you got a smaller version of the flu from the actual flu <laughs> not from the vaccine <laughs> correct another kind we use are inactivated vaccines this is similar to the live vaccines except they're just dead they're completely dead basically chemically castrated or well not necessarily chemically could be but radiation castrated. or heat basically castrated and these okay. are weaker because they're dead just kind of float so without So multiple doses are usually necessary, but 
because they're dead, they can be freeze-dried. So these vaccines are much better choices to ship to like developing countries, whereas it's much harder to immunize people in developing countries for MMR or chickenpox because those are live vaccines that require refrigeration virus. and they're alive. Or live virus, yeah. So you mentioned before how, you know, theoretically you'd only need the antigen, right? Yeah. You wouldn't need the whole disease. And that's exactly what we've done. Subunit vaccines contain only part of the microbe. Specifically, they include the antigen that best stimulates the immune system. Mm. So what they do is they, um, they, when they only provide you with the antigen, your body goes, oh, shit. That's a label that says herpes floating around. <laughs> I better prepare for herpes. I don't see her from. trying to get in but, here. <laughs> but I see his label floating around. I so see I'm that he's gonna, sweated off his label. I'm just going <laughs> to prepare just in case. And so when you have this, you only have the label, the antigen, you have a very low chance of having any adverse reaction to the vaccine because it's not the whole thing. <laughs> so you can do this in two ways. So one, you can grow the microbe itself in a lab and then break it down with chemicals. Or... You can just manufacture it using recombinant DNA technology. This sounds weird, but let me give you a weird example of how scientists developed a hepatitis B vaccine. What they did was they inserted hep B genes that code for the antigens into common baker's yeast. The yeast produced the antigens. <laughs> the scientists collected and purified for use in the vaccine. They, freaking so nuts. they just grew the antigen they on yeast. They basically gave yeast the hep B virus. <laughs> they were like, Yo, let's make some, let's make some hepatitis bread. The B stands for. Hepatitis bread, new band name. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't want to eat that, but I would probably listen to that's them. The, so they're employing another living thing to make the things to inject into us because we're not... Well, that's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. going on. That's well, really cool. But the thing is, when you get, yeah, when you get just the antigen from the, from the yeah. yeast, you're like, oh, sweet. So, another way we do it. Um, there's toxoid vaccines. Well, that sounds scary. So, basically, Shane mentioned earlier about how um, not all diseases are caused by, you know, viruses reproducing. Some are caused by bacteria that secrete toxins. So, like, they can secrete a harmful chemical that hurts your body. And then you poop, develop pooping all over the, your insides. Just, just pooping exactly. all over your insides. So, what they, <laughs> they found is they can inactivate certain toxins with formalin, which is a solution of formaldehyde and sterilized water. And these detoxified toxins, which are called toxoids, oh. they're safe for use in vaccines. The immune system basically sees this uh, slightly less gross bacteria poop and goes, oh, well, I should probably deal with that. And then they get their uh, waste management service to come clean up the poop. And then this analogy is getting really fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, so they defeat the toxoid and then are prepared for the actual, actual toxin. natural toxin itself so uh diphtheria and tetanus these are toxoid oh, vaccines tetanus cool yeah so when you stick a rusty nail in your foot oh my god i was listening to a comedy bit and the guy was telling a story about another guy <laughs> who was very defiant about some new chair that he wanted and his wife didn't want him to get it so he bought it anyway and he sat on the chair and and there was a spring that stuck into his leg, but he didn't want the wife to know because then he would have to admit being wrong. <laughs> so then, so then he didn't say anything, and she left. And then she came back, and he couldn't say anything because he had lockjaw from the tetanus. 
and and then and then she he she took him to the hospital and he said like cut off. It's not a real story, I'm pretty sure, but it was a story oh, told man. by a comedian that another guy had told to him. That's funny though. It was really funny. <laughs> I didn't do it justice. He kept his jaw shot right now. And it was the death of him's leg. <laughs> him's leg. <laughs> so, the fifth type of vaccine that's commonly used is a conjugate vaccine. These ones are a little more complicated, but um it's it's a special type of the subunit vaccine where you only have a certain part of the disease, right? So lots of harmful bacteria have an outer coating of sugar molecules. And what these sugar molecules do is that Im- immature immune systems of like infants and young children, they don't recognize it. They just look at this bacteria and go, oh, it's covered in sugar. Okay, this is fine. Sugar, sugar confuses the crap out of babies. <laughs> it does. So what these conjugate vaccines do is that Scientists link antigens or toxoids from a microbe that an infant's immune system can recognize to the sugar coating, and then that linkage helps the immature immune system react to the sugar coatings, and they're like, oh, so we should pay attention to sugar coatings. These are potentially dangerous. These are potentially hiding bad things. So, I mean, we basically do the tagging for them. Yeah, exactly. Super cool. So, like I said before, basically vaccines are just like training your body to be better at killing things. That That's hundred percent accurate. There are even weirder types of vaccines. These are sick. These are really crazy. I'm going to talk about two types of vaccines that are currently like sort of in research and development. They're not totally in, you know, a human application phase yet. But oh man, once they get there, this could be very <laughs> interesting. So the first type is called a DNA vaccine. That already sounds fucking cool, right? That already sounds like, oh, yeah, I would put that in my body. So (laughs) what they do is that, so you remember how in subunit vaccines, they only take the antigen or whatever and put it in your body, right? Your body responds to that. Well, with DNA vaccines, they don't even do that. They just take the genetic code that produces the antigen and put it in your body. Body cells will take in your DNA, take in this new DNA, and produce the antigens on their cell surface. And basically, it produces a very strong immune reaction because your entire body becomes a vaccine-making factory because your cells are just making antigens, and your body's like, oh, that says herpes. I'm Okay, that's just a regular cell, but it says herpes. <laughs> so I'm going to make something for herpes just because that <laughs> herpes is scary. It just reminded me of the herpes. The herps. <laughs> then it, it doesn't attack your cells? I, it's weird. I'm not sure. It's it's like like I said, this is a new thing. I'm not actually 100% sure how it works, but it seems very interesting how I don't know whether or not it destroys your cells. And even if it did, that might not be so bad because programmed cell death is yeah, pretty common. It would depend like how it depends uh, on how, but I, widespread it was. Well, I it wouldn't be would very widespread because there's widespread. no reproduction. Because there are no actual oh, microbes yeah. in your body. So you True. just give some small number of cells the antigens. Make them all lumpy. And the antigens, like, remember, are just the name tags. Yeah. So you basically just plaster like 100 cells with these name tags. And then your body's like, ah, sh- I forgot about that guy. Uh, herpes. Yeah. Herpes. Shaking my fist you at herpes. herpes. Get off my lawn. And then <laughs> it makes a bunch of herpes killers. It's so, like Clint Eastwood with, with, with zero risk of symptoms, right? Because there's... No, no microbes. No, that's the name virus. tags. Right. So, but 
This isn't even the weirdest part. So this is like a wait. This is like a theme party in your body sort of thing. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> coming in as like the world's worst villain. Someone's dressed up as like Hitler. You're like, I forgot about that guy. It's it's Halloween in your uh, limbs. We have system. a way to kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> we know oh, he your does. Herpes? <laughs> nice. I'm gonorrhea. Sweet. Oh man, I'm influenza. Lame. <laughs> Get really? out of here, flu. Really? Again? Flu? You've been flu for the past six years. <laughs> I always come back. <laughs> Look, I got a flu costume when I was in sixth grade, and it still fits. I'm going to wear it. It's like your cow costume. That's, That's exactly, exactly what yeah. I was referencing. He said that was exact words, but with cow <laughs> a day ago. So... That's not even the weirdest part. You have these DNA vaccines, but you can do it in a different way. So-called naked DNA vaccines consist of DNA that's administered directly into your body. They don't. So the way they do this is they can just put the DNA in with a needleless syringe or with a needleless device. And this device puts the DNA into your body using high-pressure gas to shoot microscopic gold particles coated with DNA directly into your cells. Someone invented that. <laughs> it's a miniature golden gun. Yo, wait, it's so <laughs> awesome, though. Because, yeah, because, because you just, we would eliminate shots. Yeah, dude. You wouldn't need shots for vaccines. What does that even feel like? Probably, Pressure? Like, yeah. A little like, bit? It feels like that Ooh, sound. gold. <laughs> feel that on your ears. Dude, that is what the future of health is. I can feel it in my headphones. If you're yeah. listening right now, you should put on headphones. I'm gonna do it again. I'll give you a second. One Mississippi, and then get the head, and then put them on. Okay. No, I know you gotta untangle them first. It's fine. Just, <laughs> just you just listen to it with headphones later. Oh yeah, these are being recorded. So these naked DNA vaccines, including we're testing some that could be used against viruses that cause influenza and herpes i know we've joked about herpes a lot but we don't actually have a cure for herpes yet <laughs> so isn't it like all the h's that are stis no i'm serious i think like the herpes, stis that start with H, hiv we don't have cures for the syphilis hep. <laughs> hep no we're, hep. we did we have hep well we're working on a hepatitis right we got we a have, hepatitis we vaccine vaccines hepatitis we don't have cures oh, oh yeah okay. for any of the mm, h's mm, mm, mm. yeah uh, i'm pretty sure that's a thing i'm pretty sure you're right Okay, cool. So another way I'm we can look it up make vaccines, and this is another one that's sort of test phase, recombinant vector vaccines. What these do is we so we talk about how so sciencey, right? Yeah, really, just an awesome <laughs> a quantum like, recombination <laughs> of the vectors of the nanoparticles. Me, me. Is that how scientists talk? Imagine, <laughs> if every, <laughs> imagine if every like science paper had a section in it that just said meh, and like every word in that paragraph is like meh. So it went like you know. Abstract, intro, methods, results, meh, conclusion. Meh. Meh, 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 science, meh. You just throw in science words. Meh, vector, meh, recombinant, meh, DNA, meh, 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 meh. You're basically describing all of the descriptions of the companies that were here for the career. Seriously, though. Buzzword, 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 buzzword. Big data and community relations. We'll take your idea and have it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so these recombinant vector vaccines. So we talked about how viruses basically like splooge themselves into your cells. <laughs> Which is no, that's the scientific term. Oh, splooge. Okay. They splooge themselves. Yeah, okay. right oh yeah, themselves. that's the scientific. Term. So what scientists have done is they have 
taken genomes of harmless or attenuated viruses, attenuated means like weakened, viruses, and insert portions of genetic material from other microbes into them. The carrier virus, which doesn't hurt you, has this DNA that produces antigens from an awful virus, and then it squirts it, splooges itself into your cells, and then that microbial DNA like, is used to make antigens, and then those antigens are produced without symptoms of the disease, and then your body makes an antibody, and you're like, so good to it's, go. It's pretty it's similar to the DNA one, but like instead of having your cells make the fake antigens... You have a, a you have carrier like a, virus yeah. that's weak or... Like so it's, a like, it's like somewhere between the DNA one and the living virus one. Yes, correct. Yeah. It, and it also it mimics a natural infection very well, so it does a good job of stimulating the immune system. Because right. unlike with the DNA vaccine where you have your cells doing it, this is an actual virus right. that's so popping up. It does up. virusy stuff yeah. that's characteristic it's, of viruses. The virus itself is harmless, but it has... So this is like you know a harmless virus, but it's wearing a name tag that says herpes. So, I think a name tag that says herpes is just what we should call this episode. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah, that's what it'll be on SoundCloud. A name tag that says herpes. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're working on uh, bacterial and viral-based recombinant vector vaccines for diseases like HIV, rabies, measles, even though we already have MMR, you know, any possible way we can even do vaccines better yeah, well, great. measles has come back in a few places oh yeah well not we'll due to talk the about why yeah we'll <laughs> talk about that basically yeah. potentially the opposite facts yeah. to sum up vaccines you put a little of something bad or at least the label that looks like something bad in your body and your body goes oh shit i should deal with that and deals with it and then you don't have to worry about the actual disease it's like the hair of the dog that bit you except before you ever encounter the dog and once you get to the dog your like body just deflects it deflecting <laughs> a dog it's just the body bouncers it's just, just, it's just, just break on your leg because your body is primed <laughs> with the hair of the dog that you've never met before now perfect that was a flawless analogy <laughs> I don't think it fell apart at any point <laughs> I think that was just Perfect. Yeah, he's he's right. So there's other ways we can make vaccines better. Where uh, a thing we can do is add these things called adjuvants. And what these are is they're basically little helper things that can increase the amount of antibodies to produce and or provide longer lasting protection. So uh, adjuvants like aluminum hydroxide and paraffin oil, those are both common adjuvants that they add to vaccines that just make them a little bit more effective. Is it not pronounced adjuvants? 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 I don't know. Just because you sound so dumb saying yeah. adjuvants. Adjuvants? I also, it sounds like you're saying Jew. <laughs> hey, I'm the one with that problem. I know. It's not coming out of Zach's mouth. So. <laughs> Do you know anyway. what the etymology of adjuvant is? Uh, you, you, from the Latin, it means okay. helping toward. Toward or toward? Sense. Toward. Okay. That, helping that, toward that makes a lot of sense yeah there you go based yeah. on that what they do makes perfect dave sense. explain why that makes sense why does what <laughs> explain why that makes sense it makes sense because it what was the definition or the etymology helping, helps toward. helping towards yeah, it helps towards making vaccines more effective wonderful <laughs> adjuvant 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 played it on his computer <laughs> adjuvant <laughs> all right go what are we doing? What's Tell next? What's our next? Uh, we it's adjuvants. Why do we no, use this thing? That's it. That's just why do we? Why? Why the fuck am I putting aluminum in my body? <laughs> well, like I said, all it does is really it just makes the uh, thing a little. Let me let me get you an actual. So 
The reason that's helpful is because for some reason, I'm not actually 100% sure, but let me, let me find out. Basically, I, the way they work is aluminum show. function as delivery symptoms, systems by generating depots that trap antigens at the injection site, providing slow release in order to continue the stimulation of the oh, immune system. Chilling. So the reason that we have these adjuvants is that with longer lasting protection or increased number of antibodies, we can actually minimize the amount of injected foreign material. Okay, cool. Awesome. So we don't have to put as much dead virus in us. Yeah, we can or, put less or, or living or virus. Living virus, yeah. Awesome. Nido. Okay. Nido king. So I heard that um, vaccines work. <laughs> is a thing. That's true. Yeah. That's correct. Good. Vaccines Good. have been probably the single, according in my opinion, the single greatest human invention in history. Really? Greater than the wheel and sliced bread, Dave? Yeah. Look, sliced bread is super overrated. We don't need a wheel for vaccines, right? Because if that's the case, then yes, they're definitely better. All right. Well, if we need a wheel if for we vaccines, need a wheel, then we can say the then wheel wheel's the best. Was necessary. Closely followed. Well, you got to get vaccines. the people to and from the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine didn't someone you, strapped to a wheel heading towards a giant. Did you just tell a story about how you walked into the vaccine place? Boom. That's because Walking. campuses are little isolated worlds. That's because worlds Zach's feet are wheels. Things. Also, yeah, I'm a transformer. <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> Zactimus oh, Prime. <laughs> I was rolling around campus on my heels. Zactimus Post. <laughs> Zactimus post. No, it's Postumius. I can't tell if that's worse or better. Heelys were the best. I never owned those. I never had Heelys. Fuck, I was the only one. I had a scooter, motherfucker. Me too. Mine was electric. I also had a scooter. That's cooler. You're a huge nerd. I didn't. So I didn't have. I didn't use a scooter because I was horribly uncoordinated. Um, I mean, me too. And not. It was bad. And so, and I (laughs) also stand on it. I also just had, had Brady being so athletic and shit all the time. Which was just like always a downer, and so just reminding me of how unathletic I was. So I I got Heelys because that was clearly the cool solution. I was very good at using Heelys. I also used them a lot, like in school when you totally weren't allowed to. Yeah. There was this one part of my school that had like three ramps in a row that were like eight feet long each. Oh, you get some sick Heely bro. Yeah, but by the time I got to the bottom, I was like flying, and then I like couldn't usually stop in time, and like occasionally ran into the door. Ow, <laughs> it was fine. Did everyone ever like open the door and you like trip on the entryway and, <laughs> and spill wait, out in front of a bunch of teachers? Do you teachers? forget how to use Heelys? Is it like a bike? No, it's like a bike. Okay. I'm, I could definitely do it right now. I'm 100% certain. <laughs> All right. Next show, we get changed some Heelys. <laughs> Take a video. This is a blog post for this show. <laughs> just, just a video of you riding down me, Buffalo Street me with me Heelys. Oh, God. Oh, my. You would die. So scary, especially right now. It's all wet. I was thinking when I was walking back from the gym today, I got those stupid little five fingers. They're really slick on the bottom, and it was yeah, raining. Great. I was like, what if I try to walk down East Buffalo Street, and I just start sliding? But like, you how do you have the advantage this? of, like, separate toe pressures that you no. can apply to the ground? Nope. Okay. No. They're so smooth. Yeah. Well, you need new ones, then. Yes. They shouldn't be hey guys. smooth. Vaccines. Were we talking about vaccines That's or weird. like shoe wear? <laughs> Shirt wear. <laughs> I thought we were Wait, talking about Wait, how did we get talking about Heatleys? Isn't this Wheels <laughs> invention. Oh, yeah, Heelys, best invention. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so second only to Heatleys, <laughs> vaccines are the greatest invention in human history. <laughs> Beautiful. There we go. So they fucking work. All right, how do they work? How do we know they work? And we know how they work. Well, you see, you take the the wheel and you put it in. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> According to the World Health Organization... Who? <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> oh my god, you got me. Really you actually good. got me. That was well done. I'm impressed. So according it to even took according to who? Um, two Ooh, to three Dave. million deaths from diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis are averted annually. Pertussis is, is whooping cough. Whooping cough. <laughs> whooping cough. <laughs> whooping Goldberg. Is that is that in the world <laughs> or in the United States? Shane just pushed me off of his uh, headphone cord. I kept getting like pulled by my <laughs> head. This is extremely oh, global. Okay. According to the Center for Disease Control, uh, nearly everyone in the U.S. got measles before there was a vaccine. Hundreds died each year. Today, most doctors never see a single case. Oh, yeah. In 1921, more than 15,000 Americans died from diphtheria. Only in 2004... Oh, sorry. Since 2004, <laughs> there has only been one reported case of diphtheria. <laughs> that's outstanding. In 1964 to 1965. And so that's not even that's not even a death. That's just a report. A of, reported I, I had case it. of diphtheria. And then I was probably fine. In 1964 to 1965, there was a rubella epidemic... German measles that infected 12 and a half million Americans. 2,000 infants died. 11,000 miscarriages were caused from it. In 2012, nine cases of rubella were reported to the CDC. <laughs> Vaccines crap. work. We are getting rid of diseases. Literally that were a million times fewer people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Over a million. <laughs> that, times. that is more than a million times fewer reported cases that's amazing due to the vaccination Doo -doo. <laughs> <laughs> you are 13 years old so that's kind of amazing why that's does this work nuts yeah that's why, why do they nuts. work so well it works really well well that's all like the stuff amazing. you described before exactly the reason that these vaccinations work so well is because you can give everybody immunity with little to no symptoms of the disease right and then you never have to worry about the disease again polio is gone forever it's dead polio is actually destroyed like it's literally we never have to worry about polio again Classic and polio in like the stuff. early uh, 20th century we had a president who had polio for Dude. christ's sake FDR was in a oh, wheelchair yeah. for the yep. last legs of his legs and of his life. <laughs> and he still drove. Too soon? Fancy ass car he had. At least he pretended to drive or something. He had some mechanism in his car that he could I yeah, think I'm he could drive. Sure. Really? Using like some oh, levers and stuff. It's yeah. Like hand levers, yeah. He had to like blow into a tube to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> so vaccines fucking work. They work. In two thousand eleven. There were 350,000 cases of measles with outbreaks in the Pacific, Asia, Africa, Europe. In the same year, 90% of measles cases in the U.S. were associated with cases imported from another country. So measles in the U.S. comes from other places now, right? Except the fact that Americans are vaccinated prevented these clusters of cases from becoming an American measles epidemic. We could have had a measles epidemic in 2011, but we didn't. Dude. Because we're vaccinated. Because of herd immunity. What's that you say? Zach, that was your line. You're supposed to say, what's herd immunity? I know what herd immunity is. I'm not supposed to. Yeah, but. you're the layman, so yeah, exactly. you have to pretend you don't know. So herd immunity is when you... Uh, <laughs> I hate you so much. 
It's when you go just in go. and you just you you just can't get to the middle of that group of cows. Because <sighs> what? You're immune to no. They're birds. immune to you. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any you sense. The baby's in the middle, just running towards a field of cow, and just like right. bouncing off before, like off an invisible wall, ten feet from a cow. It's that herd immunity, man. <laughs> anyway, he's not far off, unfortunately. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, it's actually kind of close to what herd not immunity really. is. It's fine. Herd immunity is when, if you have most people in society get vaccinated, there's a low chance of disease spreading. So. Remember, there are people who can't get certain vaccines because they have HIV or they're undergoing cancer treatment or they have a weak immune system, so they can't get, you know, the MMR vaccine. So that's scary, right? They could potentially get measles, which fucking kills people. Measles kills people. It can kill you. Twelve and a half million. Well, no, it infected twelve and a half million people. Killed 2,000 babies. Okay, that's a mm-hmm. lot. Still Caused 11,000 miscarriages. That's also a lot. Yeah, so you don't want to get measles. Clearly. But if you don't have the vaccine, how do you not get measles? Well, you have to rely on the fact that everyone else around you is getting vaccinated, so there's no chance of d- disease even getting near you. There's no so chance of measles imagine you. Oh, no. that you are at the center of that group of cows, <laughs> and that group of cows is a bunch of vaccinated people, and then the virus is who I was before, <laughs> running towards the cows, and it has to cross all these cows and My all this distance of the field he, like, to get into the middle and infect you. Right. Also, it has to be coming from another person. Cow? The point is the vi- <laughs> You're really off on our analogies today. It's, I, it's really I don't brutal. know what it is. It's, it's my sad. fault. It's just sad. It's, it's really... Um, no, I, I had. I think we had some bad ones. Uh, maybe no, you had a good one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Zach yeah, fuck you. I keep really ruining it. Ones. You keep destroying this show. God damn it, Zach. You are the weakest link. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't Goodbye. thought about that show since I last saw it many years ago. <laughs> Thank you for that riveting story anyway so the deal with herd immunity is that like if if no one if you are the only person who is susceptible to a disease you can't really get it because there's no one to give it to you yeah (laughs) if no one else has the disease either you're just floating around in the air you gotta get it from somebody else yeah it can't just like you don't so, get measles from our toilet seat. Right. So then, right? So, yeah. Well, n- no, you don't. No, you don't get measles from a toilet seat, Dave. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, so that's you the can't deal get with like, immunity. But measles? No, there's. <laughs> Dave, were you going to talk about pl- cases in which that failed? <sighs> cases in which that failed. There's the one. In 2013, yeah. there was a measles outbreak in both New York and Texas. The largest measles outbreak we've seen in decades. Now that's like, oh shit, measles, it's back. Well, that's that kills people. Yes. It ki- it, people die from measles. Yes. I don't know if I've said that enough. People <laughs> die from measles. Yeah. So we had a die. measles outbreak in 2013. Why did we have a measles outbreak? Shouldn't everybody be vaccinated? <sighs> the reason these measles outbreaks happened, they were in um, communities that had low vaccination rates. So it was a group of people who... Who eschewed vaccines eschewed. and then got measles because fucking duh. <laughs> right. Of course you're fucking gonna get yeah. measles when you don't get the measles vaccine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about like some of like the like these, these are like the strongest viruses that have ever been like 
they're really good at killing people. Yes. That's why they were and such a problem before we vaccinated people mm-hmm. from them. Uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah, as soon as you're not vaccinated, they're going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> there, was, there was the other one. I don't remember if it was in 2012 or 2013. In California, there was a whooping cough outbreak where yep. I believe 150, somewhere between 100 and 150 newborns died of whooping cough because <sighs> people were not vaccinating their children with the MMR. Or no, that one's pertussis with the pertussis vaccine, just like seems horribly irresponsible, yeah. potentially criminally negligent, potentially that <laughs> one. Um, because you're not just endangering your child who you didn't get vaccinated because which is hard already, immunity. Remember exactly getting a vaccine. If you don't want to get your vaccine, oh, well, it's my choice if I don't have to get a vaccine. No, if you fucking don't get a vaccine and you get measles and you pass it to someone who can't get vaccinated for measles but wanted to, you're a huge asshole. Yeah, you suck. You're you the just, worst kind of person. You could have easily prevented that person from getting like, because trivially, you get just like my arm. You I'm get fine vaccinated now. and you prevent. Other people from getting sick. It's yeah. like magic. Whoa! <laughs> what a fucking concept. Yeah, and so we'll talk about. So should we move on to the reasons that people were probably not vaccinating their children? That yeah. Like okay. Segue. So <laughs> vaccines. So we've told you vaccines work. Let's talk about why people think vaccines don't work. Yeah. Well, I've actually never heard that so much as. So there's this guy. On our document, his named Andrew Fuckfield. That's probably not <laughs> quite accurate. I believe his name is Andrew Wakefield. I typed that. Um, <laughs> you, may have, you may have heard of him before, but we're going to call him Andrew Fuckfield. <laughs> so yeah. this, so I'm going to just actually read a couple of quotes from his Wikipedia page, which is thoroughly scathing. Um, it's, it's actually incredible. It's Literally, really the first sentence of his Wikipedia page is this. Uh, it, Andrew Wakefield Fuckfield is a British former surgeon and medical researcher known for his fraudulent 1998 research paper in support of the now discredited claim that there was a link between the administration of the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine and the appearance of autism and bowel disease. Bowel disease is part of that too? That was actually... So he is a gastroenterologist? Gastroenterologist? He, that one. It doesn't study vaccines or autism um he studies you know your gastrointestinal tract um and drew your poop tubes this correlation um that turned out to be like hilariously just made up so here's some other quotes from the uh from the wikipedia page other researchers were unable to produce fuckfield's findings or confirm his hypothesis of an of an association between the mmr vaccine and autism or autism and gastrointestinal disease Another, a 2004 investigation by Sunday Times reporter Brian Deere identified undisclosed financial conflicts of interest on Wakefield's part, and most of his co-authors then withdrew their support for the study's interpretations. So, just to clarify here, uh, there's also there's also the the um, the journal that published his paper retracted his paper the after all of this. Um, so. Just so we're just gonna follow up here. So so this guy, um, basically seems to have completely made up the data that he used for this paper to the extent that no researcher has ever been able to reproduce his findings. And the journal that the paper was produced in, upon realizing this, retracted the paper. The guy lost his his like medical license. Um, 
he has not been published in a journal since and he was being basically like he he was being like bribed to do all of this shit yeah uh, i read a quote about uh his research that uh there was an ethics investigation from like a general medical council on his paper and their findings were that his like research were like i forget the exact words but it was something like dishonest and dangerous like dangerously yeah. corrupt jesus christ <laughs> so the problem here now is that um some people either uh didn't care um well no i think that's the only thing it could have been i guess just didn't care that the scientific consensus said this guy was a wacko and making stuff up well it's just big and, pharma shutting down right. the fringe researcher and who really has the answer believed all of that and so there's a, a like terrifyingly large number of celebrities who have got hopped on this bandwagon in fact <laughs> yeah we have an article from like jezebel that. that uh here's a list of celebrities to ignore <laughs> uh jenna elfman from Dharma and Greg. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. She's like the most famous. Uh, actually, uh, anti-vaxxer. The horse. Last New Year's, she, uh, my most favorited and retweeted tweet ever was <laughs> last New Year's, Jenny McCarthy was doing New Year's Rockin' Eve with uh, ex Dick Clark. Um, <laughs> dead Dick Clark, the late Dick Clark. Well, I guess he's just, I, he wasn't there because he's dead. But anyway, she kissed Ryan the screen. What? And she was like, well, <laughs> if any of you want to just kiss me on New Year's, just kiss the screen right now. I was like, no thanks, Jenny McCarthy. I don't want to catch any vaccine-preventable diseases. <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey is on this list because oh. he was married to Jenny McCarthy oh, for a right. long time. Yeah. Didn't he change his mind after that? Uh, no, not no, quite. No, like, so he very recently, recently tweeted something about, so like, why would you even want mercury in vaccines if it's, and it's like, oh, you're missing the point, buddy. Oh my God. And he just went on and on a little rant and he was sort of like, I'm open-minded, so open-minded that my brain's falling out. (laughs) Alicia Silverstone, Charlie Sheen, who is just, you know, a bastion of knowledge and scientific (laughs) wisdom. Kirstie Alley. Uh, Selma Blair. So mostly irrelevant people. Yeah. And then (laughs) people like Donald fucking Trump. Uh, Current presidential candidate. Good. Leading. Leading presidential (laughs) candidate who buys into the idea that things that save children actually kill children. Well, no. He buys into Uh, a lot of things. That things that save children hurt children and thus promotes the death of children. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. He's got other issues. Rob Schneider, who, again... <laughs> Rob Schneider? Yeah. Aaron Brockovich. I watched a video I only narrated that. by Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah. It made me uncomfortable. Danny <laughs> Masterson, no! Which one's he? Oh, but he's a Scientologist. He was in uh, <laughs> That 70s Show. Juliette Lewis. Ugh. Bill Maher. Oh, man. Yeah, that's He's weird. actually so sort annoying. of infamous for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is super weird because he's so... He so loves to bash conservatives when it comes to climate change denial. Right. But there they are, just not buying into science because he's a fucking hypocrite. Also, Robert F. Kennedy is... Oh, wow. Uh, then people I've never heard of and I don't yeah, really care. But, yeah, but anyway, you good. get the point. 
lots There's of people shockingly large number of people think that vaccines cause autism the entire family of one of the girls that i dated in high school <laughs> that was uh, wait I brought up a few times you dated someone who wasn't vaccinated yeah did you get the herps <laughs> no the big herps the big h don't we not have a the big herp for herpes yeah, H-E-R-P's. Herpes. He's making like really intense eye contact with me. <laughs> Honestly, the only time I ever make really intense eye contact with Shane is when I'm like talking about STDs. So, okay. Well, um, we're going to move on because <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Um. There was some of you may have heard about a please stop. Are you uncomfortable? Stop touching my neck. <laughs> um, he uh, so anyway so uh, the, some of you may have heard of that. There was like the, another so this guy uh, he he now goes by Andy Andy Wakefield <laughs> Andy Fuckfield um, <laughs> Andy Fuckfield. He uh, he made he uh, he made a video in 2014 um, talking about how there this guy. Uh, uh, CDC quote unquote whistleblower um, claimed that the CDC uh, he, here's his quote I regret that my, I regret that my co-authors and I omitted statistically significant information in our 2004 article published in the journal Pediatrics the omitted data suggested that African American males who received this MMR vaccine before age 36 months were at increased risk for autism he then goes on to say I want to be absolutely clear that I believe vaccines have saved and continue to save countless lives I would never suggest that any parent avoid vaccinating children of any race which is exactly what Andy Wakefield is suggesting by the way um they, they then made this video saying, well, you know, they'll look at this. The CDC is the most evil corporation in the world. They, he That's spends, actually kind of what Andrew Fuckfield sounds like. Yeah. Um, he spends the first, like, literally two minutes of the video talking about, like, the um, admittedly horrendous, uh, what is it, uh, Tuskegee? Oh, yeah, um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. Yeah, that was God. fucked up. Right, but it has nothing to do with the current state of the CDC. If you want to um, be terrified about government conspiracy theories, read about the Tuskegee yeah, experiment. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, but, God. Yeah, it's really bad. But so, um, but basically, uh, you know, so th- this guy, like, makes sort of these claims, and then um, the CDC, of course, responds. And um, so basically, like... Uh, <laughs> the, the the like question is like okay like is this really the case like th- they were claiming a three hundred forty percent increase what in the, the rate Jesus of, yeah, yeah yeah but so here's here's what CDC says here um, the CDC noted the authors of that study suggested that the most likely explanation for the moderate correlation between autism and vaccination in young children was the existence of immunization requirements for autistic children enrolled in special education preschool programs. It's literally providing opposite causation. It's, it's saying, taking kids who are already diagnosed autistic and who saying then get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Yeah. Making and those then children <laughs> in low income areas the most likely to have been vaccinated. It's literally the opposite causation of what they're of what this guy is proposing. And then even further, the quote unquote reanalysis done based on this leaked data from this whistleblower was done by this guy, um, something Hooker. And he Hooker, uh, you know, makes this like claim of like 340 percent. But basically what he did was he took this adequately random sample of representative sample of the United States and looked for subgroups 
and said, okay, well, like, if I limit it only to African-American males from this, not resampling for an accurate representation of American African-American males, just taking the subset of this already correct sampling, well, then there's, like, now there's some sort of correlation. However, note that that means somewhere else in the data, you would be you would have a negative correlation somewhere like yeah. a really strongly negative because one. somewhere like because the data they, set as a whole America averages no to no correlation it's Jesus complete Christ. BS it's just like absolutely not science so that's just a little bit of uh, statistical practice for all you uh, yeah oh, blooming God. scientists out there really just, frustrating statistics so is important basically the point of this is this guy is still out there this was in 2014 last year he's still out there making these bogus claims and people still buy into it like scientists still buy into it there's like well quote unquote but there are <laughs> still people with phds in you know the medical field who are like yeah you know i kind of believe it and it's just absolute horseshit like everything we've we've found um and you know there there have been other things like they're trying to say like well it's the aluminum content and then you know that's the uh, the fda and the cdc look into it and they're like no no nope, nope not just, that that study that you produced literally just like is not a valid study there was there was one actually in 2011 i was looking through this and i was like wow that seems pretty convincing like i'm genuinely potentially slightly concerned that like seemed like a actually very relevant study um Except that the uh, then the CDC went through and reviewed the studies, um, and basically the core argument made in the studies is based on ecological comparisons of aluminum content in vaccines, um, and in general, ecological studies cannot be used to assert a causal association because they don't link exposure to outcome in individuals, and they just make correlations about population averages. So what that means is like they didn't say like, okay, you people who have been vaccinated. Did you then develop autism? They just said, when a large number of people in this population were vaccinated... Population size country. Right. A <laughs> potentially, like, completely different subset of people got autism. It, like, there's no reason that those two things... Like, they, they never followed through to be like, oh, yeah, were these the same people or different people? It was sort of, like, amazing that, like... I like I was I first reading this I was like damn and then I read like the review of it and I was like oh yeah why why didn't I think of that that's like duh um, so yeah so it seems like aluminum's not a big deal uh, the FDA analysis indicates that the body burden of aluminum following injections of aluminum containing vaccines never exceeds safe U.S. regulatory thresholds based on orally ingested aluminum even for low birth weight infants um, so basically it's it's not bad for you even when you're a newborn even when you're a prematurely born newborn. so do we, we we consume more aluminum than we get injected into ourselves is that yeah oh true? yeah that was the other thing the fda fda said was that like the actual problems with aluminum exposure come from like ingestion not from injections from vaccines like ingestion with your mouth yeah when not you your, when you eat not your arm skin pierced by a needle <laughs> arm skin arm skin yeah um yeah the other thing to note here is that like there there's lots of claims uh in that really awful stupid video i watched by uh wait, narrated by rob schneider rob um, schneider again another schneider. celebrity genius yeah. really yeah uh so i was um so i was watching this video you know narrated by rob schneider about how it was supposed to be talking about the link between vaccines and autism though he never Never mentioned once what the actual link was um, but he did start off the video with well the number of vaccines that people are getting is going up 
and autism rates are skyrocketing. It was actually impressive how well he dodged the question. Yeah, it was. How well he dodged the actual issue. So, so I decided, just for shits and giggles, um, that I would pull up some other interesting correlations. Um, so some of these are great. Um, so the number of honey-producing bee colonies in the United States has a, 9, a 93% inverse correlation with the number of juvenile arrests for possession of marijuana. What that means is that according to data that people have compiled, the more bees correlates more honey producing bee colonies correlates with Less, fewer fewer right marijuana arrests so or you know how are those actually do they cause each other they're very highly correlated well, we learned correlated. last week that bees produce cannabis <laughs> so that's not true um, <laughs> um bees we thing. did not learn that last this week. is my favorite and this has actually the highest correlation of all of these graphs uh, with a with a 99 percent correlation the divorce rate in maine <laughs> is correlated very well with the per capita consumption of margarine across the United States. So as you can see, you could pick any two goddamn things that correlate. They clearly do not have causation. Something else important to note, the rate of autism in the United States and globally, in fact, isn't rising. What? So well, that's the opposite of what I've heard. So <laughs> autism was actually not defined until 1943. Okay. Fairly recently, with regards with in the grand scheme of things that we are aware of as diseases. That's true. Um, and <laughs> so, at, and at any given point, whatever study was being done to determine how much autism existed could only be based on defining autism as how much of it like it's like in a bowl <laughs> like, and you get like, like a few ounces out. a few tablespoons of <laughs> um, autism yeah so thanks um Jesus Christ. uh so uh but anyway just, they could only base that on like the current dsm the current uh what is diagnostic it? and statistical manual there you of, go, medical, of medical yeah mental of mental stuff, yeah so mental um so that that was like they could only base it on that um which of course changes constantly um and so, and the the definition of what autism is like has come significantly broader over the course of all of this. Yeah, it's no longer um, autism; it's now autism so, spectrum disorder. Right. Um, and and also, so there's two important things here. So, uh, if you have more resources to identify autism, you will find more autism. As you get better at finding autism, yeah. So so this one this one group yeah get more autism. <laughs> this one group. Uh, uh, their findings found a causal relationship between neighborhood level diagnostic resources and spatial patterns of autism incidence. So basically they're just saying, so yeah, so um, we found that in places where there are centers to diagnose people with autism, there are more incidences of autism. Crazy. Baffling. What right? a weird correlation that is. Yeah. I can't think of any reason I know, that, that makes insane. any sense. Um, <laughs> and so, so then there was another study that sort of lo looked into that and a lot of other things and basically said after accounting for methodolo methodological variations, there was no clear evidence of a change in prevalence for autistic disorder or other ASDs between 1990 and 2010. Worldwide, there was little regional variation in the prevalence of ASDs. So... In 20 years, between 1990, which was before this moron's paper was fraudulently released. 1998, right? Exactly. And 2010, there was no change 
in the actual rate of autism. You know why? Why? Because people stopped vaccinating their kids. You're the worst person. (laughs) And they didn't, which is nice. Right. Vaccine rate, the incidence rate of people using vaccines has gone up drastically, which is very good. Oh, interesting. So that's gone up drastically, and the autism rate has stayed the same? Yeah. Weird. It's like there would be not a correlation there, yeah? I don't know. Um... Yeah. Um, so just as like a final point, I mean, do you have, is there more about? Nah, I think that's good. I, I All right. So like, as a final point yeah. about um, vaccines and autism, uh, basically to sum up uh, most of our work, there's this really great website called howdovaccinescauseautism.com. Just go there, and it pretty much is a on the too long right didn't read of what we've talked about. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna you post should it on probably that. do that I'm right now. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm, I'm on it. You can keep talking. I'm just so I'm, gonna, I'm typing. So okay. So let's go into the last little last little bit here. Let's We're going to talk about more about some. So we covered the the biggest one. The biggest myth about vaccines is that they cause autism or are related to autism spectrum disorders. And stuff. Bullshit. We figured that out. Bullshit. Yeah. We figured that out. Agreed. So Zach, me. What I'm going to have you do now is put on your best uh, white granola organic mom who is anti-vax and read lists read off some myths about vaccines starting with this one starting with the publichealth.org debunk list excellent so i heard that my uh child's immune system can't (laughs) handle so many vaccines it's just too much of a viral load for his system Ah, baby system. He's so cute. The myth of the viral load. What does that mean? Lots of people talk about that when they bring up, well, Donald Trump especially. One of his main points is that, oh, it's too much at once. And it's like, eh, let's talk about this. From publichealth.org is, uh, the way they explain it is that based on the number of antibodies present in the blood, a baby would theoretically have the ability to respond to about 10,000 vaccines at once. Holy shit. Which, as I'm sure you're aware, <laughs> far, far out, outsizes the scheduled vaccines. Did they even just get a bunch all, of Kryptonian babies to test it on? Even if all 14 scheduled vaccines were given at once, it would only use up slightly more than 0.1% of a baby's immune capacity. <laughs> <laughs> also, most of And them- scientists believe this capacity is purely theoretical. The immune system could never truly be overwhelmed because the cells in the systems are constantly being replenished. In reality, babies are exposed to countless bacteria and viruses every day yeah we duh yeah, I, like that's like that's the biggest like, from the world health organization a child is exposed to more far more antigens from a common cold or sore throat than they are from vaccines <laughs> key advantages amazing. of several vaccines of at that. once is fewer clinic trials clinic visits that's it literally the big plus is that like oh you have to go to the doctor less because you can fucking hit ha- your baby can handle it it's fine <laughs> <laughs> interesting well the viral load myth bullshit yeah dave um, why don't I let my children just naturally acquire immunity instead of having this unnatural vaccine injection? Okay. What does natural immunity look like? Well, it's when you get the, the disease and then you get over it and you're healthier for it. Uh-huh. So you, as a, as a, as a mom... That's me. You can, you can tell the difference between naturally acquired immunity and vaccine acquired immunity? Yep, I have x-ray vision. See, 
even if that was true, <laughs> X-ray vision wouldn't actually help you. Yeah, that's right, Superman. Well, he's got every vision. Now he has he's all freaking the like Predator or whatever. There is length. no difference between natural immunity and vaccine immunity. Like, what? So, okay. So, according to publichealth.org, in some cases, natural immunity results in a stronger immunity to the disease than a vaccination. Because we talked about, you know, there are some vaccines right. that are given as dead, so they're weak. So, sometimes you have to get multiple doses. But... The dangers of that approach far outweigh the relative benefits. The dangers being your infant getting measles. So, if you wanted to gain immunity to measles, for example, by contracting the disease, you would face a 1 in 500 chance of death from your symptoms. By contrast, the number of people who have had severe allergic reactions from an MMR vaccine, so if you use a vaccine to get immune from measles and then have something bad happen, less than 1 in 1 million. Yeah. So... No, natural immunity oh, is not better than the, how, why would that what? But Dave, over time we keep vaccinating ourselves, won't we get weaker evolutionarily since we can't fight off the diseases ourselves or something? No! <laughs> the use of antibiotics might actually be an issue. Yeah, that yeah, might be a real issue. Yeah, yeah, no, unrelated. But in terms of what you're talking about, that like the use of like people using like um, antibacterial like hand washer like the little hand sanitizer yeah. all the time that actually potentially could be bad. I don't actually know. So I like think we it said, will, like we this... said before though with vaccines, like that would be like somebody saying, "Well, if we all weight train all of the time and use metal to train us, won't we become weaker <laughs> as a species because we can't train without the metal?" <laughs> I know I need to listen to Metal the Train. That's not true. Actually, I don't listen to anything. But um, <laughs> that would be fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Vaccines that's... don't do the work for you. They just teach your body. They just prime you for how it. To, it's like saying university makes people worse at learning as a whole. Like, it's just absolutely preposterous. Preposterous. Poopos. That's an excellent injalnony. Thanks. It's because it wasn't yours. <laughs> wow! Analogy. Oh my god, you butchered that word. <laughs> Allegony. Good lord. Analogy. I got it. It's All okay. right, Miss uh, White Hippie Granola Super so I've heard that these vaccines can same, contain unsafe toxins like formaldehyde. <gasps> formaldehyde? They use that to preserve frogs. In Ew! I don't want that, my baby. Too late. It's already in your baby. No! <laughs> Why? Vaccines. Formaldehyde is produced at higher rates by our own metabolic systems than you would get from a vaccine. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Also, well, no scientific evidence to show low levels of formaldehyde, mercury, aluminum. It can be harmful. No yeah, mercury. Mercury is bad too. Tell me about that. Mercury, I'm afraid huh? of it. It's scary. I stopped eating I used fish. To, I used to play with mercury in <laughs> high school. I was a kid. It bubbled on then, my arm. And then they told me not to anymore. So, mercury. This is a big one. A lot of people claim that the thiomersal, thimerosal, thimerosal, thimerosal. I've seen it actually two both ways: thiomersal and thimerosal. Are those uh, different yeah. things? Well, I think it's just pronounced. Th- they might actually be is different, it like aluminum and aluminium, potentially. Thimerosal. But anyway, thimerosal. That's a thing that people oh, like. Oh, it's 
thiomersol, commonly known in the, in, in the U.S. as thimerosal. Definitely so, because we pronounced it wrong. Yep. <laughs> almost certainly the case. <laughs> anyway, so this is a mercury-containing organic compound that we use in vaccines as a preservative. Basically, helps keep the, uh, 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 the, the vaccine good for longer. Mercury, you say? That's bad. You put that in your body, it kills you. Uh-huh. So, organic mercury compounds. Methyl mercury, which is mercury with a carbohydrate group attached, potentially bad for you. That's because carbs are bad for you. Toxic. Stop. Um, we already had that show, Zach. Oh, yeah. The uh, toxicology of methyl mercury is you. potentially bad for you. Not bad. Thimerosal doesn't have that kind of mercury in it. It has, has mercury. Ethyl mercury. It sounds the same to me. Yes, that's stupid because you don't understand how biochemistry works. Just because things that are pretty similar aren't necessarily the same, nor do they necessarily produce the same results, just because they look kind of similar. Ethyl mercury, there's no evidence of harm. Although, there's not much evidence of much with ethyl mercury. Yeah, I'm just going to step in here and say that uh, ethyl mercury has like a really short half-life, so it just zoops out of your body pretty soon after taking it, whereas the methyl mercury will bioaccumulate, and then you get horribly sick because there's mercury building up all over your body, and it's awful. So, thimerosal, this preservative, had the okay kind of mercury in it. Yep. And the another thing is, though, that, so ethyl mercury, the good mercury, per se, is, like, not <laughs> neutral well-studied toxicologically directly. Like, they haven't done studies with, like, what exactly does this do if it stays in your body? But... Epidemiological studies where they like look at populations who have been injected with it and what their outcomes show no adverse effects from it. All right, so Miss Mom, Miss Fine. weirdly educated about mercury, mother. <laughs> totally miseducated. Also, guess what? What? Thimerosal isn't fucking in vaccines anymore. Except for the flu vaccine. Except for the flu vaccine. So, due to backlash. From people saying it was harmful when it wasn't, we took thimerosal out of our vaccine. Just because for it, fun. Because it was more important to convince even dumb people to take the vaccine than it was to prevent, to like, uh, stick to your guns the, and like, protect yeah. the like scientific rigidity of no, you're wrong, it does not doing anything bad anyway. So I've heard that if I just scrub whoa, my whoa, baby whoa, really whoa, whoa, hard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Another thing about mercury. I I can't wait to hear where you're going with this. <laughs> but another thing about mercury is that some people have claimed that um, with the link to the MMR vaccine, because that's like the big one that people claim that people like to link to autism. They claim that, oh, well, we know why the MMR vaccine causes autism. It's because of the mercury in the it. Mercury in it. Well, two things. Number one. The typical symptoms, well, we already talked about why thimerosal doesn't have harmful mercury in it anyway, or at least neutral mercury. Number one, the typical symptoms of mercury toxicity are very different from the symptoms seen in autism. There's no, pl there's no plausible biological mechanism that states why mercury would cause autism. Second, the MMR vaccine doesn't have 
thimerosal in it, nor has it ever. It has never had thimerosal in it, ever. It was never in the MMR vaccine. Man, anti-vaxxers are a bunch of squeebs. Squeebs! All right, so I've heard that if I just use a lot of soap and scrub the shit out of my baby... <laughs> You couldn't keep a straight face to that no. one. <laughs> then that, that'll actually keep him uh, very clean and safe from these diseases. And that's extra improved hygiene that everyone's been scrubbing their babies real good has been preventing okay, these diseases so and not you're, vaccines. You did that in such a weird way. I'm going to read the actual myth. <laughs> is that vaccines aren't responsible for decreased infections. It's actually our better hygiene and sanitation that makes us so we don't get oh sick as much. Oh my god, seriously, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, better s sanitation, nutrition, development of antibiotics, they're incredible. Those are also super huge and really, really important in limiting our diseaseness. But they don't fully account for... The role they of don't vaccines. account for the one million times drop yeah. in infection by measles. German measles. Vaccines are incredibly important, and they have absolutely been responsible for decreased infections. Like, just very definitively. And every time people stop using them, regardless of their otherwise sanitary like lifestyle, those diseases come back. It also says that like well, when the measles vaccine was introduced over the next decade, hygienic habits didn't really change much, and the cases of needles just freaking plummeted nice. from like four hundred thousand to twenty-five thousand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So more than tenfold decrease. Yeah. I I don't think vaccines are worth the risk to my child. Risk from what? Uh, all the things that I previously told you that you debunked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. That was an easy myth. <laughs> Uh, vaccines can infect my child with the disease it's trying to prevent. You said the live vaccine virus is in the vaccine. Yes. And it's weakened. Yes, you can potentially get symptoms of the disease you're trying to prevent. Mild symptoms. In rare cases, maybe. But a common misconception is that these symptoms signal infection. In fact, a small percentage, less than one in one million cases where symptoms do occur, the vaccine recipients are experiencing a body's immune response to the vaccine, not the disease itself. So your body is just dealing with the vaccine, and so potentially very mild symptoms, and that's, that's it. Also, we talked about this before, if you get the flu after getting your flu shot, you didn't get it from the vaccine, you probably already had the flu, and you got the flu vaccine exactly. too late. You didn't get the flu vaccine on time. Jesus. There was one recorded instance in which a vaccine was shown to cause disease. The oral polio vaccine. Oral polio. No longer used in the U.S. Also, polio's long God. dead. By vaccines. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> well, we don't need to vaccinate because infection rates are just so low in the United States. You said that we didn't even get infected from the measles because the, we're so clean and uninfected. Yeah, because we're vaccinated. Oh. <laughs> we is talked about what herd it immunity. Is? The whole point of herd immunity is that you do this thing where you get vaccinated and then people who can't get vaccinated don't have to worry about it. But the problem is, if you don't vaccinate, that's like carpooling <laughs> and being the guy who's like, oh yeah, I'll carpool, carpool, I'm never going to pay for gas, I'm never going to drive, but I'm going to ride with you. <laughs> like, no, if you can do it. Meanwhile, well, the problem is if everyone else does in the car, that, yeah, then <laughs> all of a sudden you're going to be... Standing at your driveway, no one's going to pick you up because everyone's standing on their driveway waiting for no one to pick them up. Dude. If you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. 
Don't forget your flu vaccine, man. Get on that shiz. Yeah, get it bro. early. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Because you got to get it before you yeah. get it. All right. There's any. Like, most of the time, like, you get the flu, you get the, like, if you get the flu, like, you're, like, college student, you're, like, fine. Like, you get the flu, like, it sucks for a while. You go to the doctor, they're, like, sorry, it sucks, and then you're fine. But if you get the flu, you don't know you have it yet, and you, like, go visit some grandparents. Ha! <laughs> They might not be so fine. Yeah. Because maybe they couldn't get the flu vaccine because they have impaired, you know, like autoimmune response because they're grandparents. And then you gave them the flu. And now they're in much more trouble because you were lazy. And that's horseshit. Got a couple more uh, myths. We do. Is it okay if I take over the role of... Dude, do it. I'm sick and tired of that. Okay. So how about... um, But the flu virus just doesn't work. Why do we have to get it so much? Bullshit. We well, heard last year that uh, it, it didn't work so well. It still worked. It was just, <laughs> it, it's just they predicted the wrong strain a little bit, right? And so they yeah. had like 20% effectiveness as opposed to like the normal 40 or something. What yeah. is it? I mean, well, the, the hard the, the thing with the flu. So like, like the reason we keep like having to get flu vaccines, like usually like we were talking about before, like you get like the MMR vaccine one time. Or, like, you get the chickenpox vaccine, like, two times now. You have to get a booster shot. And then, like, that's it. The flu vaccine, for some reason, you have to get every year. It's because the flu is really good at mutating. So every single time we get vaccinated for it, if, if like, a, if a tw- 2010 flu came back, you'd be immune to it. <laughs> but we get a new one every year, a different influenza virus that's just different enough that it has different antigens, and so your body is not sure how to respond to it. However... Yeah, the flu is, like, one of those people that reinvents themselves every year. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but the what? problem with the flu is that it's the, the, the flu, like I was just saying, so like you get the flu, it's like probably not a big deal because you're a college student and you're like at the peak of physical health most of the time. But the flu is really serious. It kills 300,000 to 500,000 people worldwide every single year. What the crap? Pregnant women, small children, and elderly people with poor health and anyone with a chronic condition like asthma or heart disease are at a higher risk for severe infection and death. So... The problem is it's we can't very well vaccinate everyone. We can't always vaccinate pregnant women. Uh, or, no, sorry, pregnant women is good. We can vaccinate them and, and protect their newborns. But we can't vaccinate um, babies under six months. We can't necessarily vac- vaccinate immunodeficient people, like elderly people who are sick, et cetera, because it could trash their immune systems that are already not working that well. And so it's actually sort of your responsibility as a citizen of the world to get vaccinated because, A, it won't do anything bad, it's literally one frickin' shot. Takes like thirty seconds. You can go to Walgreens and get it, and you're actually saving people's lives. Three hundred to five hundred thousand. You specifically save three hundred thousand people's lives. <laughs> you individually. You yes. You you listening right now. Three hundred to five hundred thousand people's lives, all resting on your shoulders. Alrighty, righty, I think we you. have thoroughly covered why vaccines are incredible. Second only to Heelys. But uh, we're going to head out, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys Weed next fun week. fun fact about tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> Do those exist? Yeah. <clears throat> so yes. you know how people are like, oh, don't get stabbed by rusty things. They'll give you tetanus. Yeah. It's, it has nothing really to do with the rust. No. Yeah, no, it's a bacteria. Yeah. Bacterium. So, so the thing is, oh. the bacteria and rusty nails are more jagged and have little chunks. Some more bacteria them. lives Some more there. And hang out in there. Oh. And also the conditions that produce rust, uh, also like produce oxygenation and moistness. Okay, but so if you get stabbed by a not rusty thing, you can can still still get get tetanus. tetanus.
It's just, you know, that's if it's lame. perfectly, if you have a perfectly new nail, that's right. totally There's atomically smooth. There's no opportunity smooth. for bacteria. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Well, we're going to head out. Goodbye, everybody. Shwiggy-dwiggy. Oh, wait, one more thing. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, You're so, the worst. Um, to, you know how we're doing the meh thing before? With yeah, the yeah. <laughs> so I found this paper. What? Where this, it's involved with the thing I'm doing for Senior Lab, but it's called the Combinatorial Method for Direct Measurements of the Intrinsic Hydrogen Permeability of Separation Membrane Materials. Just, it has it a just, lot of MEs yeah, in it. Yeah, oh it made God. me happy. Good. Okay. Funny. Uh, that was, has been Scientific Spelunking. Bye.